All right, when you hear 10 things, what do you think about? That there's going to be 10 things? That or how to lose a guy in 10 days? Now we're talking. Uh, 10 things I hate about you? Um, top 10 billboard songs? I don't know. <laughs> um, top losing. 10. There's oh. a lot of top 10s, but today we are going to talk about the top 10. Oh, <laughs> now we've said top 10 way too many times. But we're going to talk about the 10 things we wish people had talked to us about when we came out of school. These 10 things are not just for new grads. So even if you have been in the field for a while, these are 10 topics that we think um, are bullet points, I guess you could say, uh, that we think will work for everybody. But right off the bat, we want to say congratulations to all of those who recently just took their test. And for those who have passed, uh, for those who are going to try next time, you guys got this. We have faith in you. And let's go ahead and jump into those 10 things. Man, just sat here and looked pretty the whole time. Let's go. You did. Good job. The PTA Podcast with your hosts, Ken. And Laura. Thanks again for joining for another exciting episode. All right. So let's go ahead and start talking about these... 10 10 topics 10 things and you know we might have some honorable mentions (laughs) you already have some honorable mentions off the top of your head probably yeah it it like kind of just i think just some i mean i feel like these are 10 things i wouldn't necessarily they're the top 10 things they're just 10 things to know um and then you can easily interchange some of these with some other stuff yeah so let's go ahead and start with number one and i think this is a big one um, that no one really points out coming out of school. We always talk about pay and we always talk about how you should, you know, advocate for yourself. But at the same time, big thing to know is pay's not everything. Like it's not, it, you know, whether or not you get $29 here or $28 there, it, it doesn't like t- the 29 better does. But that's a huge difference. But the 29 doesn't mean it's better because like benefits. 29 and 20? No, I, I know 28, I said. Oh, you said 28? I could have oh, sworn I said I thought you said 20. Okay, so, so 29, 29 28. 28. Okay. Or even 29 27. Like, it, you think it is in a way, but like, then look at the benefits. See how much of the health insurance they're paying for. Are they paying for 100% of your health insurance benefits? Are they paying for 90% of your health insurance benefits? Do they offer 401ks? Do they, re, like, do vacation time do yeah they, vacation do, time how many weeks of vacation are you getting and then the environment alone mm-hmm. like if some people have oh i want to go into outpatient and then inpatient pays a little bit more but are you going to be happier doing outpatient than inpatient like i can tell you right now i'd rather get paid less and work outpatient than get paid more and work inpatient because i'm happier that way like which is fine but you you do have to realize that sometimes getting paid the highest does not mean it's the best benefits or worth your money and time in a way. And we're actually going to have an episode sometime in the future about the whole advocating for yourself because that's a whole nother topic when you start negotiating pay and seeing if you can get a little bit more compared to what the average and what they're trying to give you. There are ways around it, but I think the moral of this story is it's not all about pay yeah look at the whole package 
Um, and I think some, I wish someone had told me that coming out of school because when I came out of school, everybody was just like, oh, you know, you really want to get the best. Like, we were all so excited. Everybody just talked about the money um, and everything like that. And so I don't think anybody ever brought up, look at the benefits too. Um, and that's the big thing is look at the benefits. And another thing, do they pay for your license renewal? Do they pay for CEUs? Uh, if they don't pay for CEUs, do they offer CEU throughout like the company? Like for example, the new company I'm signing with, they don't pay for your CEUs because they offer like a shit ton of classes throughout the year you can go take, um, on like Saturdays and they bring someone in to do it. And so it's great that way. So so there's options out there. Mm-hmm. All right. Number two, you can always say no. Yes. I felt like, and I still struggle with this one to this day. Um, if you're offered a job and you don't feel like it's right, you can say no to it. You don't have to just take it because you got it. This one, I think it's our greatest power mm-hmm. going into these jobs is we can say no to certain offers it kind of goes back to the first one don't just take the very first thing yeah like look at your options see what's out there if you don't feel like it's a good fit then we can you can always go to either a different like another offer will be there i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah and definitely right now we're in such high demand in a way at least in our state we are that just because of the fact that you got offered the first one doesn't mean you have to take it because there, there's a lot out there right now. Um, and it's okay to kind of shop around. Now, granted, with that being said, there is a chance that if you shop around too much or, you know, you do, they might move forward with someone. That's always a risk you'll have to take. But at the same time, do you want to be put into a position where you're like, I really don't like the company. I'm not a huge fan of it. I took it because they offered it to me and then you're miserable. Um, you know, I don't think that's worth it. So you can say no, you can, and just do it politely say, you know, after reviewing everything, I I don't think I would be a good fit for you, you know, your company. And then also like, you know, I don't think their relationship would go over well, or at this point in time, I don't feel, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. That was a lot of you knows right there. I'm sorry, That was a lot of you knows. (laughs) Um, just something completely unrelated. It always just reminds me of the How I Met Your Mother episode. Which one? Where, I don't know if anybody is listening that watches How I Met Your Mother. I love but, How I Met Your Mother. Uh, where they, they sick this girl on Barney and like the power of no. And like, he'll try to like hit on her and whatnot. I'm trying. It just carries the weight of, like, how powerful the word no is. I think, and then he kept, like, getting frustrated and, like, even coming more and giving her even more and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, yeah. And you can. You can sometimes. Like, literally, if you're like, yeah, no, because of the benefits and the pay, I'm not going to do it. You'd be surprised sometimes they come back with it. They might come back with something better. But it's a risk versus reward type situation. You You have to be willing to risk it in order to be rewarded sometimes in that situation. So on to number three, asking for help. As a new grad, I'm going to ask you this one, Ken, because you're still a little fresh out of it, you know, finally uh, over your 2000 hours. But as a, like when you were a new grad, 
were you hesitant or nervous at all to ask questions? I think what really helped me in this scenario was that I knew everybody I was already working with because mm. I went back to the same place I was a technician That's at. That's true. But if I compare it to my outpatient clinics or my, uh, sorry, my clinical, rotation. clinical rotations, it was definitely something I was hesitant on. Yeah. I feel like sometimes when you come into the field, you feel like you're expected to know everything. And I struggled with this as I didn't want to feel like I was failing at something because I didn't know. I was like, oh my yeah, gosh, You didn't want I to know? seem like incompetent. Yeah. And so there was a lot of times where I was hesitant to ask. But in, in the long run, I learned it's better to ask than not to ask. Um, a, you can usually find the answer out way faster than you trying to even like search it up. Um, you can also make sure you're doing it correctly of how your PTA like wants it to be done. And then you learn, you get better, you learn at it. So ask away, like, I think it's totally worth it. Don't be hesitant. Like, you're a new grad. They know you're a new grad. You're not going to know it all. Because we, we know from experience that knowledge and experience are not the same thing. Exactly. So that was kind of like number three. We're moving through these actually pretty well for us. <laughs> right. We're actually kind of staying on task. Who are we? All right. Number four. Not all settings are meant for everyone. Yeah, and this kind of goes back to a little bit with that pay. Um, on the first one is, for example, I'm not an impatient setting person. It's not meant for me, and that's okay. There are people who love impatient and hate outpatient. Um, honestly, prime example is me and my mom. My mom hates outpatient. She loves home health and impatient. I do not. It's I'll work it, but it's not my favorite. I'm trying to remember if we had another one, but um, kind of how Laura left the field at some point mm-hmm. um, and tried something something new. She went from our she went from ortho to a sniff. I did, and it's one of those things like don't put so much in like you don't like the physical therapy world if you don't like a certain setting. Yeah, so venture out, try something new. Um, you have peds, you have neuroclinics, orthos, inpatients, rehabs, sniffs. There are so many different options. There's some sports ones too. Sports, home health. Like, I'm probably just still scratching the surface. Right. But for new grads, Women's just health. know that there's so many options out there. Venture out, find your passion, and that ultimately will let you love your job even more. Yeah, and it honestly too it could come down to the facility. It might not even be the setting you're in. It could straight up be the facility that you're you're in. Um maybe you're just not getting along or you don't feel like part of a family or you felt like, you know, the struggles that they had on there that they were putting on you was just too much. But you feel like it's the setting. Who knows? It might not actually be the setting. I did that with ortho. Um you know, I thought maybe it was the setting at first, like actually being ortho, I'm outpatient, I should say. And so I went inpatient and realized, okay, inpatient actually was not for me because I didn't, I liked everything about the, the place and the way it was ran. I just did not like, it's not that I didn't like the population. It just wasn't for me. <laughs> um, There's options out there. Yeah. And then that's when I learned too, it was the... The, um, oh my gosh, the requirements that were put onto me at the facility. 
that I was currently working at. And I actually ended up going back to that facility because at the time, um, A, they asked me back and they also worked on a lot of the changes that when I left, I said I was having issues with. And it was really good for a good chunk of time until my Achilles. And then after that, it just slightly went downhill for me. (laughs) And then it was all over. Yeah. But so like always try things out. I don't say like don't just ditch the field because you're you're feeling a little burnt out um, within a facility. You never know. Um, You know, you could even say you're outpatient and you're feeling burnt out because you're just overworked. Try home health out. You could work less hours and get paid around a good chunk of money still. And who knows? You might fall in love with it. It, it. If you're already thinking about leaving the field, give it a try. Why not? What's 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 it going to hurt? Everything's got pros and cons. Yep. Number five, have downtime, learn new skills. And I want to say that I'm actually still doing this mm-hmm. a year and a half out. I'm still doing this. So... A lot of it is because we're new to the field. A lot of stuff that we learn in school is book stuff. Mm -hmm. And we're practicing a lot on um, typically healthy-ish classmates. Yeah. So if you have downtime, try to observe another therapist treating somebody. Um, I did a couple range of motions for the shoulder with someone who has severe arthritis. And as I was moving them through their range of motion, my PT would try to like point out what I should be feeling, why I should be feeling that. Um, Just recently, we went over some mobs for the back, mobs for the neck, things like that, which you might touch on in school, have way more value once you're in your setting. Because your setting might be specific with certain techniques that you didn't learn in school. I couldn't agree more. Like, don't be, don't be idle in the field in a way. Like, if you got that downtime, if you're in like a clinic that's a little slower, help out too. You want to, you know, you want to help out as much as possible. So if that means like picking up and cleaning a little bit or seeing if the admin need any help of, you know, reaching out to patients, I think it's great um, to kind of keep learning within our whole entire field too. Like, so like when you're calling out to patients, you can be discussing and practicing your communication skills a little bit. Um, which can always help, Uh, but I'm with you. Like even now when I have downtime, um, I still like to learn because it only enhances you, what care you can give. And like for me, as I go to a new facility here soon, like I'm going to be asking a lot because I'll probably have some downtime and I want to be on the same page with the PT. So I might be doing a lot of like, how do you like this done? How, you know, what? What's your favorite way of doing it? Because there are different people like to do different ways. I know people who like to do cervical mobs prone. I know people who like to do cervical moans supine. Like, it just varies. Um, Sideline mobs versus, you know, prone mobs. Like, it just varies. So. On to number six. Protect yourself. We're making great time, by the way. It's weird for us. It is kind of odd. <laughs> it's because we have like a list and we're actually making sure we want to hit all the points. Um, but I think protect yourself is is very broad in a way. We mean this in a lot of different ways. One, protect yourself 
physically mechanically and physically physically mechanically so um you know not putting extra pressure on to body parts um due to improper body mechanics i guess you could say or overuse yep or overuse um so like if you're outpatient typically you'll use your hands quite a bit Mm -hmm. um if you're inpatient you'll have to do some lifts so just making sure you have the right mechanics but like laura said this isn't just your positioning or kind of how you're doing things this are also if you feel uncomfortable or awkward in certain situations mm-hmm. um, kind of stepping away from those and talking to your supervising pt yeah so we had an episode a while ago it was actually one of our first episodes yeah. where we talked about treating the opposite gender and laura kind of brought up some points on what she would do if she would feel uncomfortable or if there's certain tips and tricks that she learned as she went on. So it's kind of dives a lot deeper into this topic on yeah, that episode. Definitely take a look back. We really go into one that made, uh, I literally ended up telling my PT I would never work on him again because he, he made very inappropriate advances. And I, to this day, I'm still very grateful that someone always told me treat the patient. Um, when you're treating the patient, put you, between the door and the patient so you always have a way out and you know, like yeah there's gonna be times where sometimes you're moving around and you're not always in that position but it is definitely like if you're uncomfortable or someone gives you those weird vibes listen to your gut like doesn't mean you don't have to treat them but you know maybe you're treating in more of an open area um there's been times where unfortunately we had some patients who didn't have the best hygiene and that meant like we had to keep the door open a little bit more because the, the smell was just so bad that you couldn't treat. Like, um, I personally, one time, I have a very sensitive, like, I'm sensitive to fragrance. And you're and, sensitive to a lot of things, but uh, yeah, that's yeah, one okay. of them. But fragrance gets me and they'll give me, like, a migraine, like, a straight up, like, eyes can't open. My head just feels like it's pounding. Migraine. And we had this lady who wore so much perfume. <laughs> I came out and started giving a migraine. And what I did is, luckily, we had another PTA at the time. And I said, hey, can you swap me? Can you, like, take her? I'll take one of your other patients. Can you swap me and um, trade me just because of the fact that, like, I was getting these migraines that would last the rest of the day after treating her? And... um he was able to now you don't want to take advantage of that but um yeah you got to kind of protect yourself a little bit too i agree 100 percent. Mm-hmm. number seven i'm still saying it to this day i even said it to laura off air um before we even started this episode yeah documentation sucks it Only really does Ken. i don't hate it that bad. i don't like it I, uh, like i feel like it'd be so much more fun this field would be more fun if i didn't have to document i mean some like some are easier than others but yeah like it's just working in a high volume outpatient clinic it's just so repetitive it was so stressful and it's yeah. just like trying to stay on top of it make sure you're within that 24-hour period and it was just like never ending because yeah. you'd have 30 a day i definitely maybe more people think, in home health take it home like it's I think outpatient's less stressful documentation because it's a little more vague. You can be a little more vague in your your writings a little bit. 
You can, um, but you should be as specific as possible. Well, yeah, but like I'm saying, like outpatient, like I, I mean, inpatient. I felt like it was a little bit more because you didn't have flow sheets, so like you had to write down every single exercises in a way. Where outpatient, you usually have like a nice little flow sheet, and you just like see flow sheet for exercises, so it's easy to repeat. But like inpatient, like you're like literally writing down ten times or three times ten short arc quads uh ambulating blah 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 distance with standby assist uh guarding with men verbal cueing for safety techniques and like, so on and so forth yeah so, so as much <laughs> as we can vent on how much it's frustrating um it's still very important it is and that's the the moral of our number seven tip. oh yeah <laughs> um kind of just to maximize your efficiency by using templates if you can again patients don't fit always this template so making sure you adjust depending on the patient that you're seeing, talking to your supervising PT, seeing how they would like things done, learning the EMR services that you're using mm-hmm. and just making sure you're utilizing it to its potential. Yeah. And then also just making sure that you understand what you're putting in, no matter what is saying what happened. So like it goes back to the whole th- saying of like, if you didn't document it, it didn't happen. And that's going to protect you and the patient. A, there's been times where somehow a check mark for heat got hit or something like that. And patient's like, I never got heat. Well, you can go back and look at the night notes and it literally says like patient didn't get heat that day. And it's like, oh, it was a billing check. Like just didn't get unchecked or something like that based off of our EMR. And so like that covers your butt too, because now you don't have to, the patient going back and forth and you're just like, Oh, it was a mistake. And it's kind of an easy, easy little fix in a weird way. Versus if they say something happened and you didn't document it and then it didn't happen, then it didn't happen. Or if they swear by it or you could get in trouble too, if you choose to leave something out. Like, so that protects you and the patient. Number eight. Kind of um, goes along with. <laughs> goes along with the one we just talked about. Um, insurances having different requirements. Yeah. So for Medicare right now, it requires a CQ modifier to identify that a PTA did the treatment for outpatient services. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a GP modifier. There's. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to list a whole bunch, but there's GP, several, 95. right? 59 <laughs> KX. There's so many different modifiers that are out there and it probably still varies by state. So for when it comes to insurance requirements for either modifiers, wording, things that you have to add or leave out, it just takes time. Mm-hmm. So our best advice for this is just be patient, learn them as you go, have a little sticky note, stick it by your computer somewhere just so you can reference it very easily or have a little i think we had a paper and it listed we had a nice little cheat sheet for a while yeah like a little cheat sheet of the insurances great and how many units you can bill per code and so on and so forth yeah because certain ones like you couldn't like for medicaid at least in our state you could not build bill more than like one unit for certain codes or three units for certain codes um like it was very strict on how you had to do it. So you had to be smart about your billing. Now it's not that we were doing fraud or anything like that. Like, let me just make sure I want to put that out there. Like we weren't trying to take advantage of it, but it was like, okay, let's maximize too, because certain insurance will pay more for neuromuscular. Well, if you're doing things as balance exercises, that's neuromuscular re-education. 
And so like you need to build that appropriately. Um, timing. So like you have to make sure that those that amount of exercises time up to match the billing unit that you're doing. So knowing how billing works, um, some insurance, your company might have a flat rate where it's just like no matter what the visit is. Or the type of codes. The type of codes. They're just going to pay the same amount. It's going to be paid the same amount. So it's just maximizing um, your worth in a way uh, for that visit. Um, But doing it properly. I want to put that out there. Like we're not trying to cheat the system or anything like that. It's just doing it properly. But definitely be patient. Yeah. Learn as you go. There's a lot when it comes to insurances and their requirements. And I would say like learn too. Like some... Some programs will automatically adjust for those things for you, like adding the CQ codes on. But also do try to learn because if anything does go wrong within the program or if it you go somewhere else and they don't have that, um, you're kind of already aware. Um, and you can always pick up if something's like not attaching correctly within the system too. So just take your time. It's a lot, but learn. Number nine. And mm-hmm. this one kind of goes off with one of our earlier ones. Yeah. Um, it's okay to ask someone to take your patient. Yeah. Um, as a new grad, I mean, I probably fell into it too, where you get a patient, this is a patient you're supposed to see, you see their diagnosis, and I mean, you feel pretty confident because you remember most of the things that you learned in mm-hmm. school with that diagnosis. But if you are unsure, it's okay to, hey, Um, I'm not too comfortable treating this kind of, or I'm not as familiar with this kind of diagnosis. Can I either watch you treat them? Can we trade with someone you are familiar with? I think the one that happened to me was, uh, AC joint mobs. Oh, that was, I don't know if I've ever done AC. That was their treatment. So I think they just had AC joint pain, but the plan of care was AC joint mobs. So I was like, okay, I have never learned that. I theoretically can probably probably know what you're trying to can probably do what you're (laughs) trying to ask me to do but it's something i was not familiar with and i didn't want to go in there and just kind of wing it or you didn't feel comfortable with too so what i did was ask my pt like hey um yeah if you're free can you treat this patient and if i don't have anybody can i go in with you yeah um or if they are busy and there's somebody else then just take the other person and then try to ask them later on how to do the techniques Mm -hmm. but it's okay for you to ask for help and for someone to take the patient that you have because of you not feeling confident in that type of treatment. Yeah, I second that to the fullest. Like if you're uncomfortable with the treatment, you haven't learned it or you're not feeling that well prepared because you're going to run into this. You're going to run into like things that you never really treated in your clinical rotations. Um, for example, TMJ is one of them. Um, I've done some of it, but I didn't like I we learned it. Let me put it. I, we learned it in school, but we never really went over treating it in school and it never came up in my clinical rotations. So we had a patient come in with it and um, I saw it and I was like, I, I've never treated that. And I told our PT and he's like, OK, well, let's put them on my schedule. And I went, can you teach me how to? Can we take some time and you go over those skills so that way, you know, if we do start to, I can start slowly taking them on too. And he was more than willing. And I think it shows initiative um, that you're also willing to learn those skills that, you know, you're not fully confident in. Um, 
So definitely keep that in mind. The one thing I will say is do not be the person who's doing this all the time. Um, be cautious with there it. There is an over amount there, of doing it, definitely. So like even like I, for example, the patient who had the perfume, like I asked to swap. It was on a rare occasion. So he knew like, oh, that really was something that really was bothering me. And I'll tell you if I had to work on that patient, I would. But um, you don't want to overuse this, uh, really. You want to make sure that you're using it appropriately. And then if you are doing it because of a skill or something like that, you are following it up with learning how to do that skill um, and improving that technique. So then you are equipped to move forward. Um, but at the same time, don't hurt the patient. It's a fine line. It's tough. Perfectly said. Mm-hmm. On to number 10 and our last 10 thing that we wish we knew as new grads. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Kind of just to wrap it up. Um, it's just, it's important to know that kind of taking collectively everything that we just ha- talked about, that you're enjoying what you're doing because that translates into us being in a better mood, us providing better care and the patients feeling that we do love what we do. Yeah. And I can tell you this like a hundred percent certain patients will recover better too if they find out that you're having a good time. I will say the best feedback I ever got was actually when at our clinic we were the happiest. And at that point in time too, we had a secret game of tag going on for two months straight that no patients knew about. Like we would even joke about it and they're like, wait, you guys play tag? And we're like, yeah, like if someone comes up and touches our feet or taps our feet with the other feet, like then you're it. And that's that's a whole nother story. It's a whole too. nother yeah, story. It was so much fun. Out of context, like just listening to them, like, yeah, that makes no sense. But <laughs> yeah, it was but a thing for a while. It was a thing and we had a blast. It was a very big family and patients. How many, like within those two months, you worked with me at the same time. Like we had patients all the time going, you guys are so happy here. I love coming here. All of us were in great moods. And I'm not saying that there wasn't tough days. There yeah, was like, definitely not tough perfect. days. Yeah. And you're going to have a little bit of down days and you're going to doubt yourself a little bit here and there. But overall, you want to be having that fun. Whether for you, it's being in a place that will leave you alone. then that's fine. Like I, m- there's some people who are introverts and they don't like to be bombarded by people. I'm, I'm raising my hand now because that's that's me. He wishes that was him. Uh, <laughs> but then there's other people who like to be social and be in a clinic that's full with more outgoing people. And that's totally okay either way, whichever way you like it. But be happy in your setting and have fun. Learn. Enjoy what you're doing. Um, because let me tell you, that will help prevent burnout too. Um, and, and just like so, overall frustrations really yeah and you want you you want your job in a way like I'm not saying you have to be full passion like PT all the time da, 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 but like you you want to have a passion for what you're doing because if not then you're gonna dread going to work every single day so which is not what we want yeah so those were like our top 10 that we wish people had just kind of like talked about when we came out of school and we know a lot of people just took their exams, and we want to say congrats to everybody that passed. Uh, we've been trying to say congrats to those on the Discord, and then also um, those who were kind of following and have posted on social media. If you pass, let us know. We want to congratulate you, too. Um, but yeah, so those are the 10 things that we just 
on the top of her head. About. Yeah, wanted to talk about. Um, like I said, there's a little bit honor honorable mentions. Um, yeah, what's your honorable mentions? Amy? My honorable mentions. Even that I don't know. You don't know? No, go ahead. Oh, is expand your exercise library. Um, look up some new things. Use programs like HEP to go and just search balance and see what you get for balance and be like, hmm, that's a good one. Um, kind of grow just like outside of your norm in a way. Um, that will just help when you have more complicated cases come in that just don't respond as normal that you kind of have a way to go down. And then, um, yeah, that was my big one. I didn't have any. I didn't know we had to have some honorable well, mentions I just, prepared. I had that one. It came to me the other day. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, I want I want to say that. And it's okay if you don't know all exercises. You're not going to. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> there is a lot. <laughs> There's a lot. A lot. I'm like trying to search for it. And then like four different versions come up. And I'm like, ooh, that actually looks kind of sounds like fun. So I'm going to want to yeah. try new ones and, and whatnot. But anyways, kind of like what Laura said, 10 things that we wish we knew as new grads. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to those who passed. Make sure you follow us on Instagram where we're the most active. Join the Discord as well as we have some videos up on YouTube, which we're working on getting better at. Yeah, guys, it's been some growing check pains, out but... this last one. It's a fun one. So we just posted it Saturday. Um, we literally took random household objects and did a blind t- I was about to say taste test. Yeah, I was like, we're not eating them. <laughs> no, we're not eating. But a blind testing on each other to see if we could figure out what was what uh, by using it as a instrumented, soft, assisted soft tissue. But until then, we'll catch you guys in the next one. All right. Bye, guys. Take care. The information in this video or podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained in this video or podcast is for general information purposes only and does not replace your professors or a consultation from your own doctor or healthcare professional.